If you are in the 81% of aspiring authors out there, stop aspiring and start writing with Readsy. Readsy allows indie authors to find and work with the best publishing professionals, from developmental editors to book cover designers to publicists. Just sign up for an author profile, browse the extensive marketplace of professionals, find the best fit for your project, and set a collaboration in motion. And with built-in contracts, protection, and mediation from Readsy, finding qualified freelancers, editors, designers, and marketers as a self-published author just got a lot easier. Go to readsy.com today to sign up and set your first collaboration in motion. That's R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com. Honestly, it all stems from just creative fear. I still don't really understand how I do it. I fear not being perfect. That sort of story is inspirational to a lot of wannabe writers out there who feel they have a book in them but are living a totally different life at the moment. I'm watching these students who are given their absolute all, pursuing this creative profession, and they're not held back by fear. Taking a book the whole nine yards, from an idea in your head to words on a page, from a scribble on a napkin to a listing on Amazon, that's easier said than done. But it's also easier than you'd think. I'm your host, Casimir M. Stone, and this is Readsy's Best Seller, the podcast demystifying the process of self-publishing a book for aspiring novelists everywhere, one episode at a time. This is Season 2, Chapter 4, Making a Change. We've spent a lot of this season on semantics, and not in the colloquial sense. If a writer wrote the sentence, the snake crawled out of the cauldron, and an editor chastised her for it because the word crawl means to move slowly on your hands and knees, and a snake has neither hands nor knees, the writer might colloquially respond, semantics. Crawl, after all, can also mean to move slowly with your body stretched along the ground, and snakes certainly have bodies. Their disagreement simply stems from two different understandings of the word's meaning. But in the official sense, semantics is the study of a word's meaning, or its semim. So a polysemic word is a word with many, hence the prefix poly, meanings. And words like crawl, slither, and slink, despite their contextual differences, share a single semim, to move. Although meaning is an abstract concept, and by extension very difficult to measure, it's important to quantify it, because as we discussed last week, it changes over time. All words have meanings, but without a way to measure them, things might get ugly. An argument that could end with a simple shrug and the word semantics might instead end with a fistfight. Instead of changing with the times, words might get lost in time. Hence, semimes. Novels themselves can be a little difficult to measure. In the 312 pages of Moonshine and Magic by Bella Falls, you've got snakes, cauldrons, witches, sweet tea, curses, a whole town populated by paranormal creatures, and, naturally, murder. How could you possibly cover all that in one, well, cover, or in a one-paragraph blurb? And yet, you have to, if you want readers to pick it up off the shelf in the first place. I would buy books based on their covers. Uh, because if they had a spectacular cover that just pulled me in, I wanted to instant buy that, that cover. That's where branding comes in. 
You may have just written the next great American novel, but it's not 1851 anymore. And these days, a blank white piece of paper with black lettering reading Moby Dick doesn't quite cut it as a book cover. Millions of books are now being self-published each year, and it's getting harder and harder for indie authors to find visibility. Your book's branding can be the deciding factor. I tend to gravitate to the books that visually excite me. In fact, responding to branding might be literally in our nature. We're visual creatures to begin with. I mean, we we see the world through our eyes first. Before anybody even speaks to us, we are already making minor judgments just by what we see. And so that's a, that's an instinctual thing that happens with us. And this this goes to uh, if you're shopping in a grocery store, you're more likely going to pick up and put into your cart the things that catch your eye. And so you have to translate that into the book world is it's what's eye catching that gets our attention first. And then it's what's appealing to us. It's what's hitting that spot in our brain that says, ooh, if I get this, it's gonna give me a good time. It's, it's, it's hitting that kind of um, Freudian id space uh, where it's the pleasure center. And you look at that and go, I'm gonna read that and it's going to be a fun ride while I read it. But branding is more than just a well-designed cover and an enticing blurb on the back, especially in the internet age. Branding covers more than just your book covers. It's also branding your author presence. It's branding your voice. It's fitting everything in so that when readers find you, um, they know exactly what they're getting. These days, many books don't even have physical covers anymore, just an image to go with their Amazon listing. But branding is as important as it's always been, if not more so. In self-publishing, there's this idea of an author brand or profile. Not only should your writing style, genre, and of course, design be cohesive, your online presence should be too, whether that's your website, social media, email list, LinkedIn, about the author page, blog, vlog, or whatever it is the kids are doing these days. It's 2019. People will only care about your writing if they care about you first. Um, of course, you have to have a good story that goes with the cover. But for sure, for some of the top sellers, part of what's doing what's doing it for them is having that look of a cover moreover branding these days is also market specific you might have the perfect cover for a post cyberpunk novel but if your writing skews more towards soft science fiction you might be in trouble and yes those are both real genres and every single market has a very specific style. So if you were writing, say, Shifter Romance, you typically had uh, the animal that the person that the character would shift into was on the cover, and you would have the male character on the cover. Um, that was very typical in earlier days. I've actually seen some changes in that market now. Um, and so, and for Cozy Mysteries, it's more of an illustrated look or what we call uh, vectors. And so the reader expectation when they see a certain uh, cover is that the cover will convey 
what genre it is visually at one look. And it, even if you are not an expert, you can make yourself knowledgeable by just looking and observing um, so that I look at whatever market it is that I'm interested in. And I will go in there and I will look at what are the covers that attract me. And then I will go and look at the best sellers within the specific categories and I'll see what are the readers attracted to. That just makes it all the more surprising that in the early days of indie writing, branding was one of the most overlooked aspects. Jen, our guest this season, would know. Remember, she was involved in the indie writing community for almost 10 years before finally self-publishing Moonshine and Magic, the first novel in her series. But she was thinking about branding long before that. Hi, my name is Jen Falls. I write as Bella Falls, and I am a cover addict. She just wasn't necessarily thinking about it in the right way. I think that there was a sense of how can I do it without spending as much money for some writers? So there was a sense of, do I need to have to spend hundreds to thousands of dollars on a professional designer to do my cover? Or can I achieve uh, visibility through trying it out themselves. I am not a designer on any level. I am not good at painting a picture. I am not good at digitally creating a picture. What I learned was basic digital composition and I cheated because I have very low Photoshop abilities and getting into the technical was just too confusing for me. So I actually cheated and learned how to do basic image manipulation using Microsoft Word and then a, a fixed filter service like Pixlr Express. So I gave myself a very basic education and then I um, made my like for my contemporary romance the cover uh, i used i made that cover in an artistic profession like writing it's very easy to write off something as market focused as branding wouldn't you rather take a product focused approach bring to market something original something that the readers themselves didn't even know they wanted instead of following a trend you already know they want it's your novel, your story, part of you, and you're unique, so why shouldn't your brand be? Do you really want to be easily measured? Well, writing's artistic, yes, but it also is a profession. And with bad branding, it won't be a very lucrative one. Cutting corners on a cheap design might save money in the short term, but if your book doesn't sell, and without the help of good branding, it probably won't, then is it really worth it? Uh, the cons were I'm not a professional designer. So what I came up with might not have been the best possibility. And I was using uh, software that wasn't meant for visual representation. I was cheating the system and I, I can admit that. It's hard because branding and covers are, are, they're mixed, but they're slightly different because branding covers more than just your book covers. It's also branding your author presence. It's branding your voice. It's fitting everything in so that when readers find you, um, they know exactly what they're getting. Um, so 
for me, I just didn't have all of the branding put together. It was unclear as to uh, what type of stories are they going to get out of me. That was something that I really had to learn and, and to come back to. And so when I launched last year, these are the things that I spent months setting up way prior to actually launching. Moonshine and Magic wasn't actually Jen's first novel, just the first that did well. It's no coincidence that it was also the first time she really focused on branding. Not just her cover, but herself, too. So I mocked up the first three titles of my series myself, and I mocked up three different uh, covers. And I had the basic elements of what I wanted, and I used... Uh, stock vectors to get kind of the layout that I wanted, kind of the look. But then when I contacted my cover artist, whom I love working with, um, I said, this is the basic look, but, you know, go crazy. Um, I'm very specific as to things like typography. I uh, will purchase um, the typographies that I like and send it to my cover artist. I like having ownership of the rights to all of the images that are used. And she's the one that came up with my series look. It, it, it was based off of what I made, but she took it to a whole nother level. And I think that's the difference between um, not using a designer and using a designer, that there are going to be limits if you don't use a professional. Jen learned the hard way that branding is important, and so she course corrected. Maybe a little too much. Uh, hi, my name is Jen Falls. I write as Bella Falls, and I am a cover addict. Um, I buy covers and hoard them. I know I'm not the only one. I will see pre-made covers, and I will purchase them and say, oh, I'll write a great series with them, and they're still in my digital you know, vault. There's one that I bought for Paranormal Romance. This was three or four years ago, and it was actually custom work for a new designer who is now one of the bigger designers. And it was beautiful. I mean, gorgeous covers. And they've never seen the light of day. And I truly apologize to some of these designers for their wonderful work that never made it out there. Uh, because when I bought them, there was a market for them. And now that market is kind of gone. Branding doesn't just exist in a vacuum. It's tied to genres, markets, reader expectations. And just like semantics, genres, markets, and expectations change over time. That's why you need something like semimes, or in this case, like branding, to measure them. But that change isn't really a bad thing, especially not in an industry as fluid as self-publishing. Remember, part of self-publishing's strength is its ability to change with the times. And this is as true as ever when it comes to branding. I have to say Goodreads is a great place to go to see the evolution of authors. For example, if you go to Hugh Howey's books, you can go back because Goodreads keeps kind of a copy of every single cover that there ever was for each book. And so you could see kind of the evolution of some authors of how they consistently rebrand their series as time goes on, as reader expectations change. And that's actually a benefit of being an indie writer in that we can change our covers at any point in time. 
we can try something and if it doesn't hit you can try something else or if you've got a backlist of older series you can change up those covers and branding of a series to match what reader expectations are within that genre or market now it's it's one of the biggest benefits of being an indie writer because we have that kind of control In talking with Jen, it seemed to me that this iterative process, the ability to look at her own work, keep what's working, and leave behind what isn't, is at the core of what makes her so successful. When compared to a product-driven approach, the market-driven approach of branding and rebranding your book might, to the cynical eye, look a little opportunistic, just like with writing to market. And to be sure, it can be a little bittersweet. Actually, I kind of feel like that's our uh, job is to it's it's an it's an ongoing job to constantly keep up with how things are changing. So I know at some point in time, the series that I currently have out, I will have to revisit it in terms of the series branding, because at some point in time, reader expectation of branding is going to change. And I will still want the new readers to look at my series and see it as a viable series. I have to say, I love my branding for my my current series because it's a combination of all the things that I loved within the market I was getting ready to launch into. And it will all, you know, because it's my first series that has done well, it'll always have a place in my heart. But I cannot be so precious as to say I have to keep that branding. Um, I have markers of that branding. Like I said before, my mother did a watercolor rendering of my first cover that hangs on, that's framed and hanged on my wall. I will always have, you know, markers of that of that cover, but I am I am pragmatic enough to say at some point in time that style may look old. And yet my stories should be timeless. Branding is actually pretty timeless too. I mean, look at how many different covers Tolkien's work has had. You know, look at how many different Sherlock Holmes covers there are. Look at how many different Pride and Prejudice covers there are. I mean, this is a this this is something that has happened over time. The only difference is, is now we are in control of that change. And like writing to market, branding your book doesn't mean stripping it of personality. My covers are not original looking covers. They fit within the market. However, I do have a brand of Southern on my covers. Uh, If you look at them, part of that branding is an immediate visual, which is trees with Spanish moss hanging from them. If you took that away, my my covers could say the book could exist anywhere in the world. Um, But I put that in because it conveys a sense of Southern uh, visuals. My author branding itself says that I'm from the South, which is true. That is true to who I am. I'm not making it up. Um, so I'm digging into who I really am and I'm, I'm matching the my truth to the market. Above all else, branding is important, at least if you want writing to be less of a dream job and more of a career. So I think the most important thing is to mold the branding around who you are and make it appropriate to the readers you're trying to attract. Branding on a whole might feel a little reductive, 
Why would you want to fit something so unique and creative as your story into a neatly wrapped package? So much about working and writing and living is fluid, and we'd never be able to make sense of it all without a way to measure it. Everything changes with time, so just like with language, we gotta keep our stories from getting lost in time. Besides, what good is a story if there's no one to tell it to? At the end of the day, writing doesn't exist in a vacuum either. You're writing for someone, be it yourself, your mom, or your community of readers. So whether writing is your occupation or your dream job, you've still got to sell them on it. But that part is actually a little different from branding. And that difference isn't just semantics. It's having something packaged well that you can now go sell to others. And the marketing is the act of actually selling it. Correct. Brought to you by Readsy, this is Best Seller. Over the course of this season, we'll follow an indie author's journey from start to finish in five chapters, exploring each step it takes to turn a collection of ideas in your head into a published book. Next up is season two, chapter five, Making a Community. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by me, Casimir M. Stone. If you liked it, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Our guest for this season is Jen Falls, aka Bella Falls, author of the Southern Charms Cozy Mysteries series. You can purchase her books on Amazon or on her website at bellafallsbooks.com. And you can follow her on Instagram or Twitter at bellafallsbooks. That's B-E-L-L-A-F-A-L-L-S B-O-O-K-S. This podcast, like so many self-published books out there, is made possible by Readsy, a marketplace that connects indie authors with the tools that traditional publishing houses would usually provide, such as editors, book cover designers, and publicists. You can learn more about Readsy on Instagram at Readsy underscore HQ, on Twitter at Readsy HQ, or online at R-E-E dsy.com.